Isn't that always the case? God has us in a trial, but there always comes a point that we can look back and say, God brought us through it. It's very true. And it's just amazing how each time, though, you don't, you just feel like you're drowning. And you really have to force yourself to go back and say yet, and then remember, okay, wait a minute, the Lord's done this before. He's gotten me through before. Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio with your hosts, Anthony and Amy Russo. Grace and Peace Radio is a weekly Christian podcast where together we'll discuss how we can apply God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Welcome once again. Welcome, everyone. It is great to be with you once again here on Grace and Peace Radio. I am your host, Anthony, and... I am Amy my, Russo. My <laughs> co-host. Hey, you have the same last name as me. I know. That's amazing. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway. Hey, uh, so I've got a few things I want to talk about today, and at least three of them somehow in my mind all made sense. Okay. Now, whether that turns out to be the case or not, well, you and you, listener, can be <laughs> the judges. Got it. Today, we're going to be talking about, really, it's, it's a combination of trials and hope. We're going to be looking at Lamentations chapter 3. So if you've got your Bible, turn to Lamentations chapter 3. If you're driving, stop looking at the road and open your phone and turn to Lamentations 3. And irritate everybody and, that's driving behind yeah, you. Yeah, just don't even bother focusing on the road. Just keep your eyes on your phone mm-hmm. and just you know trust the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hon. I think we need to back up on that oh, one. Okay. All right, wait. Not don't do quite that. quite the same that trusting was, of the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Not real driving instructions advice uh, for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> do not try this at do home. Do not try this at home or your car or whatever. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about some, just some observations generally that I saw in Lamentations 3. I'm not going to give the the whole background of it uh, or anything. I just want to look at this. Again, just talking about hope in trials. And I I was intrigued with this because I just finished Lamentations, so. Yeah, right. And we're going to jump right in today. And and I'm, I'm reading out of the 1984 NIV. The first thing that caught my eye, Lamentations 3, 1 through 2, was what an example of great writing. Okay. Now, obviously, we're talking about God's word. We're talking Mm -hmm. about inspired scripture. So ultimately, God is the author. But follow me for a second on this. In in, In the first verse, by the way, in the NIV, it says, by the rod of his wrath. Well, just for context, I'm going to insert the word God's because that's it's God's wrath that he's talking about. Okay. Here goes. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. I'll read it again. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. He has driven me away 
and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, Amy, you have a background in literature. Right. Your degree is in... Yeah, in English. In English. As I read that, I thought, man, that would make an excellent quote on the, f- the first page of a great novel, like a that Steinbeck novel. Mm-hmm. Or even a Wuthering Heights kind of Bronte mm-hmm, mm-hmm. novel. Yeah. You know, Hemingway, one of those great novels. I mean, mm-hmm. Just the depths of the anguish and the affliction and the, the, the wordplay, the pictures, the, the vivid imagery of right. what Jeremiah is saying here. Mm-hmm. And it's Jeremiah. He's speaking in first person. Right. So this he is referring to himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought, man, that was, it just really struck me. It's like, man, that is deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a That's man a good point. In, yeah. in just brutal anguish. And even to say that it's, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. And, and listen to what he says. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. And so there you've got these themes of darkness and light. Mm-hmm. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again. All day long. Right. And this is the man that God chose to be his prophet. Mm-hmm. Again, I read that and I'm like, whoa, man, this is... This would make an awesome initial quote for some incredible novel, right? Agreed. And then, and you and I have talked about this before, not on the podcast, but just separately. Here's where I'm going with this. But that's really it, though. The world would use this as the beginning of a novel, but it would stop there. Mm-hmm. Because in there's so little redemption in so much of the world's literature, and movies. I mean, even the brief time that I remember researching about writing fiction, mm-hmm. one of the things I remembered was what makes great fiction, what makes great writing is to crush your character. The more you can torture and crush your character, the better the story. The worst things that can happen to that character. It's interesting. I didn't know you had discovered that in your research. Yeah, I remember that a few years ago. I, wow. I was learning that. You know, and you, you go back and you think about some of the the secular storylines. Or even now, if you go and watch movies and things, right? The protagonist is constantly crushed. Oh, absolutely. Just read, just watch movie trailers. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't even have to watch the whole movie. Yeah. In fact, there was a series, I don't know, a few years back and... But the, that was really the premise of it was that the protagonist was crushed over and over and over in these. He ended up in these circumstances for, that were just beyond escape. But somehow he managed to escape. Obviously, in the story. Yeah, because obviously but, part of the uh, the whole idea of a, of telling a story is that your protagonist comes under some sort of conflict and or pressure, mm-hmm. and in my world, if it's a good story, overcomes it. Right. Yeah. You know, some of some of the uh, classic literature in that doesn't always happen, and I hate those. Right. And that was my problem, like, with James Joyce and Dubliners. Yes. Because you yeah. read all of those stories right. in that and all these short stories, and they all had 
really these miserable endings. Mm-hmm. There's no hope in them. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm not looking for Paul. Well, I was at one time, but I'm not looking for Pollyanna, but come on. <laughs> right. Exactly. But it seems like in secular literature. Yes. The world's literature, frankly, the less hope there is and the less hope it leaves you with. Mm hmm the better the literature. Mm -hmm. Well, there was just a series that we started to try to watch um, on Amazon. It was an Amazon Prime show. And remember, it was each one was a vignette of a different thing. They were just mm -hmm. like, and they were the darkest stories mm -hmm. and no particularly good ending. Mm -hmm. Either it just sort of trailed off or it was something that, you know, bad that happened or you knew bad was going to happen in the end. I finally got to, what was it? I watched like the third or fourth one. Mm -hmm. You were at class or something. And I said, I'm done. Mm -hmm. This I, this is, this just drags my whole head down. So, yeah. Here's the difference. The Lord isn't like that. The Lord gives hope. Jeremiah's misery goes on for another 18 verses. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then... It radically changes and, and it turns in verse 22 with the word yet. And then 21. Can, is it 21? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Verse 21. Sorry. And continues through at least verse 33. Jeremiah goes on and he says, indeed, he has turned against me again and again all day long. That was verse three. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old, and he has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me to dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding. He dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became a laughingstock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and sated me with gall. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them and my soul is downcast within me. That's crushing. It is crushing. And it's it's definitely, it's almost, it's almost more crushing than some of the passages in Job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, again, secular literature would leave it at that. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is really even an argument for the inspiration of the Bible compared to secular literature. Because again, there's so many themes in the Bible that if it were just men writing it, mm -hmm. they would never do this. Men would never preach things like modesty, temperance, sexual purity. All of these things that men would never True. preach on those things and, and write a book together about it. And obviously there's so much more that could be said about 40 different authors over a thousand years writing 
all with the same unity and so forth. All of those testaments to the inspiration of Scripture. But here again, you would never see this kind of change in tone and this hope in utter devastation. Verse 21, yet. It, it just stands there. It just stands out. And it says, yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So everything that follows is what he calls to mind. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. Now, this is the man who just spent eight, 20 verses mm-hmm. talking about how this same Lord crushed him. Right. Yet, he says, through the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. Let him bury his face in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him offer his cheek to the one who would strike him, and let him be filled with disgrace. For men are not cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. Again, just the radical difference there between what the world always offers and what God offers us. Mm -hmm. It's just astounding to me when I come across those things. Yeah, and and you may be getting into this with your notes, but... What I real what struck me this most recent reading of Lamentations, specifically three, which obviously people Christians tend to know more, is that contrast. We're allowed to lament those lamentations. We're allowed to lament the afflictions that we have, how we feel crushed, and all that goes with that. But yet we are also obligated and have every reason to say yet Mm -hmm. and then focus on these other things Mm -hmm. that the lord has done right and continues to do like the great is your faithfulness that's forever that's never changed right part of it was jeremiah was just caught up in the events of his time well sure i mean it was horrific things going on yeah there were horrific things going on to everyone not Mm -hmm. just jeremiah right you know i mean certainly jeremiah had his own problems you know being uh, chased by the king and and persecuted, persecuted by the other priests and so and... forth. But at the same time, he was just part of what was going on at, at the time. Anyway, this kind of got me thinking again, seeing that difference, appreciating that difference, seeing the mercy of God, and seeing again that how just how that yet stands like an Everest in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of. Again, just hope in trials. For instance, yesterday, I had an opportunity to talk with a guy I hadn't talked to in nearly a year. The last time I talked to him, we had talked and he was telling me about some trial that the Lord brought him through. Well, I'm sorry, that that he was in at that moment. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty severe situation. Right. You know, you're familiar with it. So anyway, 
fast forward these 10 months, nearly a year, and I got to talking to him. I said, so how are things going? You know, how, how was that one situation where, you know, you were dealing with last time we, we talked and he just kind of, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's over. And I told him, I said, well, that's great, man. The Lord brought you through that. Isn't that always the case? God has us in a trial, but there always comes a point that we can look back and say, God brought us through it. It's very true. And it's just amazing how each time, though, you don't, you just feel like you're drowning. And you really have to force yourself to go back and say yet, and then remember, okay, wait a minute, the Lord's done this before. He's gotten me through before. Yeah. And then related to that, and sort of my third thought in all this, the fellow's story was the second one. Just in thinking through trials and things this morning and all of us are waiting on God for something, mm-hmm. right? Every every believer has got some urgent prayer request to them, whether it's a, a trial, a test, a waiting for something, you know, w- whatever it is. But in thinking through that, I started to kind of ask myself, all right, question, how many past trials has the Lord neglected to carry you through? Good question. And my answer, of course, was none. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can look back and I we could fill up who knows how many episodes talking about. <laughs> yeah, and we don't even remember all of the ones that were severe, big, Lord, we really need an answer here. There are some of those that we've completely forgotten. Not all of them, but there are some that we Right, I'm we sure forget. there are. But the point is, the answer to that question is none. And listener, it's the same thing for you. You know, how many past trials has the Lord, neg- really, how many has he neglected to carry you through? The fact of the matter is, none. It may not have looked like what you thought it would mm-hmm. look like. Right. That's key. Right. Second question. Which of your present trials is he likely not to see you through? (laughs) I mean, really, right? Mm -hmm. And again, as you're listening to this, lay them out. Think about them. Hey, what are the things? What are my present trials? Okay. Now, of those two or three or four things, you tell me. Tell me. Which one is the Lord not going to bring you through? That one? That one? Oh, well, that one? No. You know as well as I do. You know it. He's going to bring you through all of them. These situations are going to change. It's true. You know? It doesn't feel like it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's already brought you through some duration of it. In other words, you know, if you've had one particular trial, let's say you've had it for, uh, I don't know, two or three months, you know, you're waiting on the Lord for something. Well, he's already brought you through two or three months of it. So he's already shown himself faithful mm-hmm. through two or three months of it. So you can't even say that one because he's already bringing you through it. And each right. one of those, he's bringing you through it already thus far. You may not be out of the woods, but he's guiding you mm-hmm. through them. Yep, you know? still the lamp 
lamp to my feet. Yeah, you know, or like Isaiah says, uh, um, though you walk through the fire or the flood, you know, you're yes. still going to go through it, but the Lord is getting you through it. Mm-hmm. So that was the second question I, I challenged myself with. And then third one, and I've got four of them here. Okay, based on promises in Scripture and your personal experiences, what reasons do you have to be anxious or fretful? <laughs> this this is my zinger question. <laughs> I think it's all of us. Yeah. It really is, you know. But these are the kinds of self-counseling, this biblical counseling we need to do with ourselves. We need to challenge ourselves and and try to be objective to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, give me which promise or based on what personal experience, what reason do you have to be anxious or fretful? None. The answer is none, right. of course. So the answer for all of these so far is mm-hmm. none. Okay, fourthly, uh, think about this, right? Like I, I'm... I'm 50 years old. Mm-hmm. What's my lifespan going to be? Could be 10 years. My mother died at 59. Could be 20 years. Could be 30 years. Mm-hmm. Could be longer, right? Could be what, 40 plus. Right. Given- you know, and if you're listening to this and you're 25, may, who knows, maybe your lifespan is going to be 75 more years, mm-hmm. okay? In that space left of your life, however long it is, how many trials are yet to come in your life. How many more things is God going to put in your life or God going to allow in your life to sanctify you? There might be 30 more trials. There might be 100 more trials. There might be one lifelong trial for the rest of your life. Right? We don't know. But here's the question. Of the dozens or even hundreds of tests and trials yet to come, in your life, how many will your God not bring you through? None. None. You and I both know every single thing that God allows in our lives, he will. He promises over and over and over again, he will bring us through. So the answer to every single one of these is none. So in thinking about this hope in trials. A couple of other related thoughts to this. I believe we, we panic and doubt in trials often because we are so busy telling God how to do his job <laughs> when what we ought to be doing is applying ourselves to doing our job. In other words, we're so anxious, we panic telling God, no, 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 I need an answer now, God. I, you need to act now. And we start panicking, looking mm-hmm. at the circumstances. God, the Egyptians are coming now. Mm-hmm. Instead of, hey, how about you worry about your own job? And you say, well, what's, well, what's my job? How about you worry about making sure that you're being patient, waiting on God, trusting, and obeying? Why don't you worry about the things that God has tasked you to do instead of worrying about God and when he's going to act? But the most of us, I suggest, are not busy minding the things God has called us to. And we panic because 
we're saying, God, you're not doing your job. Oh, absolutely. That's, I'd like to think I'm getting a bit better at it, but that's my default. My default is, Lord, why are you doing this now? Why, right. why is this happening? And can we please just make it stop? Right. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I forget to trust and obey and to leave it to him. Yeah. And often we we panic, right? That's, like you said, that's our, kind of our default mode. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's shameful and sinful as that is. Not because we think God won't deliver us, but because he's not doing it soon enough for us or for our, for our liking. So really, we're more like Saul in his rash sacrifice True. than we care to admit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and sacrifice it because mm-hmm. he, he's not here. You know, so, um, Samuel. Samuel didn't show up, so I, I'm just going to... So God must mean that it, I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, then we make a mess of everything. Or we sin and have the consequences of our sin before the Lord, and we just make things worse. Mm-hmm. Final thought on the whole whole thing. How about instead of only praying that the Lord gets you through your present trials, how about taking the time not just to pray, Lord, get me through this trial, but how about thanking him in advance for it? When was the last time you, in prayer, you know, you, Amy, you, Anthony, and you, Mm -hmm. listener, Mm -hmm. when was the last time you thanked the Lord, Lord, I don't know how you're going to get me through this present trial. Lord, things seem really hopeless right now, but thank you. Thank you because your word tells me over and over and over and over again, you're going to get me through. And it's the sacrifice of praise. Right. And and you're right, because that's... My prayer more often is, well, as I go through stuff, it's like, Lord, please allow me to allow me to remember what I didn't do right the last time, so mm-hmm. I can do it right this time. Exactly. But thanking Him for it honestly doesn't cross my mind as much. So it's a good point. You know, Lord, I've already been going through this for two or three months, but you know what? I haven't stopped to say thank you, because in the midst of all the insanity and the chaos of what's been going on. Thank you that you have comforted me in your word. You have given me a church family. You have been with me in prayer. You have encouraged me. You have you have given me promises that have gotten me through. Thank you for all the ways that you have gotten me through thus far. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long this is going to last, mm-hmm. but you've gotten me through thus far. How many doctor's appointments that it seemed like they were going to be months out, and then there was a cancellation, and I got it right away. Yep. Lord, uh, whatever the health trial is, but you gave me good numbers last week, and I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are just examples that I've seen just in talking to people in recent weeks. Right, just, just in the last two yeah. to three weeks. I mean, there are people I know that have long-standing health issues you know, chronic, long-standing, not going to go away, not going to get better in this life, health issues. But God has been faithful to them over and over and over to walk with them through it and to carry them through it. Yes. So again, just the difference there, going back to Lamentations 3, the world itself has no hope. 
it's only Lamentations 3, 1 through 20 kind of thing. But in the Lord, we as believers, God is with us. I mean, God gives us the whole scriptures. I mean, the rest of Lamentations 3, all of it, um, but he gives us everything. And yes. I've just been thinking about different people, different trials, different circumstances, uncertainties, you know, whether it's it's job uncertainties. I know currently people are dealing with vaccine mandate uncertainties mm-hmm. and all these kinds of things. We have to get back to the foundation of God's promises. Give me one example, just one one example of a trial God did not get you through. You can't do it. No believer can really say God hasn't gotten me through it. Right. Unless it's the ones that he's not yet gotten you through. Yeah, because you're not there yet. Right. But he's already gotten you through thus far. Mm-hmm. Well, and when I'm looking down, you mentioned the rest of Lamentations 3, and my eye goes down immediately to verse 57 where it says, you, meaning God, came near when I called you, and you said, do not fear. Yeah. And that's that's what you that's what you look at when you're in panicking. Right. And then read the, the first part of Lamentations, mm-hmm. we right. just did. And ultimately, I think our, an argument can be made that Lamentations 3, 1 through 3, that's also a picture of Jesus, of what he had to go through in his passion. The afflictions that, that the Father put upon him on our behalf. So, obviously, if the Lord brought Jesus through those things, now, because of Christ's righteousness, because now the Father looks on us with Christ's righteousness, those of us who are born again, he's going to bring us through it as well. We we have Christ. We have the fullness of, you know, the the righteousness of Christ and the the blessings of Christ, we're now partakers of that. God's going to do this all for his son. It's Romans 8.31. There we go. Right? Uh, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Mm Mm-hmm. This is nothing that we haven't talked about before. It's nothing new. But sometimes it's a thing that we need constant reminders of these things. Absolutely. When, we, when we're when we continually getting bombarded each day, whether it's loved ones' trials that weigh on us, whether it's our own trials, whether it's just the insanity that's going on in the world right now, we do have to continually remind ourselves of these and, yeah. and reading, read these scriptures and you know, read, read these verses, all of scripture, obviously, but in what we're discussing now, specifically this part of Lamentations mm-hmm. 3. And what's really cool, too, is I even got to use the, the things that I wrote down this morning. I got to talk to somebody about and use them to encourage that person, you know, even today. Which, again, that's part of the ministry of what we do as brothers and sisters in Mm -hmm. Christ. You know, you're not just in the word for yourself. You're in it so that you can give a a morsel of it to someone else. Right. You know, and you can share hope with Mm -hmm. your brothers and sisters in Christ. Anyway, so praise God for his word. As always, we default, you know, the answer comes back to 
Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Sacrifice of praise on, on the days that you're struggling to do that. Yeah. And it's the sacrifice of praise. Yeah. So thank the Lord. Thank Thanks for his word. You know, he, he loves us. He's, he's given us his word. He's going to get us through this, uh, this life. And you just keep looking to him every single day, every single hour, and he will get you through. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Yep. Hey, uh, I talked last week. And I said, we, you know, there's a website coming about some book that's coming out. Some book. Yeah. Some what book. book was that? Hmm. Who was it? Somebody wrote Yeah, some author. Um, oh, you know what? I, I, it was me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. How do we forget that? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're such wackos. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, here's the deal. So I wrote this book, Jesus Changed Everything. It's going to be out in a few weeks, just doing the final edits now, and then we'll get it all ready to go, and it should be able to pre-order it here in a few weeks. If you want to at least get an idea of what it's about, you can now check out JesusChangedEverythingBook.com. JesusChangedEverythingBook.com. Mm-hmm. It's up and running. It's up and running. It's just a... Pretty much a simple one-page website, just giving you a, a little glimpse of to show you. You can see the cover. You see the cover, which see the I cover. think personally is really cool. And um, and you can see a little bit about what the book is about. And again, it's an evangelistic book. It's really when a gospel tract isn't there's quite not enough, enough there, right? Yeah. And maybe somebody's not quite at the point that they're going to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. This is the in-between. Mm-hmm. And I, I am going to put this out there as well. I, I think that this would make a... Because I wrote this for unbelievers. I Absolutely. wanted to have this kind of conversation with unbelievers, whether mm-hmm. it's tradespeople that come in. I wanted something I could give them and say, hey, here's something you know that, that tells about Jesus when maybe we don't have the, the time to talk about it. Sure. You never have time in, in those kinds of moments. I believe it would be helpful to churches for them to give as even visitor welcome mm-hmm. gifts. I know a lot of churches will give give gifts to visitors, a little token of appreciation. Hey, thanks right. for visiting our church. Well, if you don't already have a gospel resource that you give them, because who knows if they're going to come back or not, mm-hmm. I let me suggest once this comes out, buy it, you know, read it. And if you think it would be good, have your church, you know, talk to your your pastor, your elders, and see if they would buy some copies and and give it out as as a gift to visitors, to, mm-hmm. so that they come, they hear the gospel, but then also they can take the gospel home with them, right, and, and read it at their at and, more of their leisure. And I have to say, I this past week I proofed it. Anth had proof copy sent to us, and so I was. Doing the red pen of doom, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as I seem to be known for. But anyway, I I proofed it, and it's actually been the first time I had read it in a long time. So I was proofing it and reading it at the same time. And I like it. I like the fact that it's very straightforward. It's very clear and easy to understand. It's very loving, but yet it does not... um, to say it doesn't pull any punches makes it sound like it's 
more harsh, but it's not. It's it's the truth. I mean, it's the truth of how Jesus changed everything. And obviously what he includes, what he includes in that is his own testimony, you know, as far as how Jesus changed his life. And so I think it would just be a very truthful but non-threatening book for non-believers to read. It's, it's one of the few gospel books that I've read, evangelistic books, that is supremely truthful but kind. And so that's why I recommend it. All right. And my brother also read it, and he read the uh, proof copy, and he said he really liked it. Mm -hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Two (laughs) extremely biased opinions (laughs) who love it. What more can I say? Well, I also say that I read a ton of books, so I, I do not say this lightly. Well, I know. I'm just... Uh, I realize I'm, I'm married to you, but... Anyway, hey, if you're related to me, you probably, <laughs> statistically, you're going to love this book. Uh, the rest of you, I, I don't know. But no, I, um, seriously, uh, I just pray somebody gets saved by it. That's, that's you know, that the Lord uses it to save someone, you yes. know, to, in, in the process of saving someone. My hope is that uh, one day when I'm, when I'm in heaven, I will uh, run into someone who says, hey, you know what? The Lord used your book in the process of calling me to himself. There you go. That somewhere in the chain said. of what God does, it, he used it. That that would be pretty cool to me. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's my prayer. Uh, anyway, uh, enough about that. We'll be talking more about that in coming weeks. In the meantime, keep looking to the Lord and keep looking to the keep Lord. Keep looking to the Lord. <laughs> that, that is the bottom and only line. Amen. <laughs> Well, hey, God bless you, and we will talk to you next time. Have a good week, all. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian podcast community. It's a ministry of striving for eternity. Find more Christian podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com and on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.